You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Almighty God, help us to trust this morning that you will not drop us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we're gathered uh, together uh, this morning, we have before us two lessons from what I would call the hit list, uh, Romans 8 uh, and John 3. Uh, you could, if you don't think top 10, at least top 20. Uh, great words, familiar words, which perhaps are ones that you, that you draw on in your own life as well. For all who led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Oh, those beautiful words, those comfortable words that come from the eighth chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. We have, of course, um, this portion of John 3, the encounter between Nicodemus uh, and Jesus uh, when we hear um, the words, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that he might draw the world um, to himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For the Son of God came into the world, the Son of Man came into the world not to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved um, through him. Those wonderful words, those, those comfortable words, for all who are led um, by the Spirit of God are sons of God, and we are heirs. For God so loved the world, uh, that he came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him, these are um, powerful words. Uh, I would say that they are comforting words. They are words uh, that are encouraging. They are words um, that are calming, uh, and 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 yet, uh, and I'll say um, and and yet, and perhaps uh, I am not alone um, as I say those words. Um, and yet, it invites us um, to be born uh, of the Holy Spirit, to be born anew. But to be born anew also implies death, does it not? Uh, if we're going to be born again, if we're going to be made um, into something new, uh, if we are going to be um, free, if we're going to be led um, by the Spirit of God, that means um, at the very least transition, uh, at the very least change, uh, but it implies um, as well um, death. In order to be born again, um, there is the necessity um, to die. In order to be born um, of the Spirit, there has to be a death, there has to be a transition um, which takes place. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard the saying that fear and anxiety um, are prayers offered to oneself. Um, fear and anxiety are prayers offered to oneself. I'm not sure if you've ever, <laughs> I confess I've said a lot of those prayers um, over the years and, and, and maybe even some recently. Um, fear and anxiety um, are prayers uh, which are offered um, to oneself. Uh, but there is good news um, for you and for me today. Uh, there is life-giving, freeing um, good news uh, which is given today in the message of the gospel. There is good news um, for Nicodemus. 
There is good news for you and for me too. And as we approach this third chapter of John's gospel, we have a a succession of encounters which Jesus has with Nicodemus, who we're told is a a leader uh, of the people, a leader of the Pharisees, a leader um, of the Jews, a a man of some um, significant standing. And we see Jesus uh, encountering a Samaritan woman encountering uh, a Gentile official and an invalid of 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. In these couple of chapters, we, we see Jesus beginning to have significant encounters, but we begin this morning with this one from John chapter three, in which Nicodemus um, comes to Jesus. And as he comes to Jesus, there is a, a certain amount uh, of recognition Nicodemus uh, gives Jesus, uh, he says basically, clearly um, you have come from God, or, or, or at least clearly God is working through you in some way because no one can do the things that you're doing uh, if God is not enabling it to happen. So there is a, there is a certain recognition which Nicodemus um, shares with Jesus, but, but Nicodemus, I would say, is very much uh, like you and me. While there is that recognition, we also see as the conversation continues reluctance and resistance as well. Uh, There is the initial recognition and then the reluctance and the resistance to what Jesus uh, will say to him. And we're told that he comes at night, uh, and in John's gospel that uh, that is always significant language. We might imagine that part of his coming at night is is his um, fear uh, of being associated with Jesus, Uh, and we see that that will dramatically change in his life as the gospel progresses. In fact, uh, Nicodemus will come with Joseph of Arimathea um, to gather the body of Jesus after um, his crucifixion. We'll see um, in the fifth chapter, Nicodemus will uh, in some way speak up um, for Jesus. We'll we'll see a tremendous change and transition, but at least at this point, he, he comes at night reluctant to be associated with Jesus, but also John often uses his coming at night to say that basically he's in the dark. Uh, Nicodemus is, is a religious leader. Uh, he is a, a man of tremendous respect, and yet he is living his life um, in the dark um, at the moment uh, as he comes um, to Jesus uh, at night because he is, uh, he is in the dark. And Jesus, of course, um, begins to press him with the words, truly, truly, uh, I say to you, words intended um, to get his attention, words intended to get yours and my attention as well. Surely, uh, truly, truly, um, I say to you, amen, amen, Um, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must uh, be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. So it is with everyone who is born um, of the Spirit. And I think in fairness to Nicodemus, um, I imagine that you and I would have been a little confused with that initial response um, as well. Uh, but Jesus begins, to, uh, Jesus begins to lovingly, graciously um, push uh, Nicodemus uh, with this reality uh, of the necessity um, to be born again, that to be led um, by the Spirit of God uh, involves um, our dying um, and our being reborn. And the question, uh, we, we hear that uh, again and again in the Christian life, and, and perhaps um, you, like Nicodemus, uh, or like me, or like any of us, long for that, and, and, and yet, um, when it 
We talk about being um, born again, when we talk about being led by the Spirit. Um, perhaps there's a certain hunger and longing, but is there a certain amount of fear and anxiety as well? That, that if, we're, if we're led by the Spirit, uh, if we do indeed um, perhaps let go some, uh, what is the question that we're ultimately asking? Is God trustworthy? Is God trustworthy? Is, is, it, is it going to be um, okay if I, if I give over um, some control of my life for the lives of the people, of the people I love around me? Uh, if I entrust them to God as well, not just ourselves, but what about if I entrust um, the lives of the people around me um, to God or, or the things that I, that I value? Uh, the things that I hold on to, the things by which I identify myself. What if I let go of some of these things and, uh, and God changes them? Is um, God trustworthy? We'll go on to see indeed um, that, that yes, um, he is. And what I'd like to lift up uh, to you and to me this morning is that we have a God um, who as we begin to do that, uh, a God who in fact catches us. A God who catches us. And I, and I share two um, brief stories to that effect. One uh, of it being misapplied and misconstrued and one uh, in which it is understood correctly. And I was reminded uh, in thinking about this in a God who catches us um, uh, J.D. Solinger's Catcher in the Rye. Uh, and if any of you um, remember that, you probably haven't read it since high school. Um, and, uh, it, and, and there again, you might not remember a whole lot about it other um, than angst um, and anger um, and uh, disillusionment uh, and, and all, of the, uh, all of the things that are often a part uh, of the human condition. And uh, of course, you remember um, the main character uh, and Catcher uh, in the Rye. Uh, but also, I'm not sure um, if you remember, um, uh, yes, Holden, but also his sister Phoebe. And at one point in the story, as, as the story um, goes along, um, Holden has sort of um, fallen out and, 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 and fallen out and burned out and, and burned out, and he sneaks, uh, he's out of money, and he has no place to go, and he, he sneaks uh, in his family's apartment um, in New York, and his parents are out, um, and his sister of Phoebe uh, is there, and, and he uh, sort of, among all the things uh, in the world with which he's dissatisfied, Phoebe is the one exception. Um, he, he loves and admires uh, his, his little sister. Uh, and there's a, there's a Robert uh, Burns poem, uh, which of course I'm not gonna begin to try to uh, read um, in, in the Scotch dialect, but there's a Robert Burns poem, Coming Through the Rye, um, Coming Through the Rye, uh, I'm sure uh, there may be a number of Robert Burns fans and we'll catch up later, but Robert Burns coming through the rye is, is, is this poem uh, which has been set to music and actually one of the challenges for Holden is the way that he understands it and the way that he applies it to himself is completely wrong. Uh, he's completely uh, misunderstood and, and he's completely um, misapplied the poem and, and the way in which he, he sees it and the way in which he sees himself basically is the savior. Uh, he, he looks um, at um, the innocence of children, he looks at the innocence of the world and it, and it, and it kills him um, that it's going to be lost. And he has this desire that he tells uh, his sister, he, he wants to be the catcher in the rye. Uh, he wants to, to catch the children before they go over the cliff. He wants to catch them um, before um, they're hurt. He wants to preserve um, their innocence. He wants to preserve them. And, and of course, he, he has this um, grand vision. Uh, but of course, as we all know, he can't. He can't be the catcher for a fallen world. 
He can't save uh, the progression uh, of children and people um, and lives. He wants to do something that he is unable to do. He wants to protect uh, and to keep from falling basically what has already fallen. And another story I share with you, this one is from Henry Nowen. Uh, and, and Henry Nowen was, uh, was a Catholic priest. He was uh, an, an author of numerous uh, books. Um, he was a professor, and uh, toward the end of his sort of life ministry career, he, he left um, his work and his ministry uh, as a renowned professor and went to work in a community called La Arc Daybreak. It's a, a community um, all over the world, but this in particular in Toronto, working with those who are um, disabled. But he also spent a year traveling with the circus, um, traveling with the circus in Germany. Uh, and as he wrote about that experience, he got to know the people um, who worked uh, on the circus. Uh, and in particular, he spent time with a group of a company of trapeze artists named the Flying Rodleys. So he got to know the people of the circus, but in particular, um, this, uh, this group of trapeze artists, the Flying Rodleys. And, and one day, he asked the leader, Rodley, about the secret to being a trapeze artist. Uh, so uh, if you want to know what the secret of being a trapeze artist is, hold tight. Uh, Nowen is about to tell us. Um, and it's this. Uh, Rodley said this to Nowen. He said, as a flyer, I must have complete trust uh, in my catcher. The public thinks I'm the star, as I do all those flips and spins in the air, but the real star is Joseph, my catcher, on the other side of the trapeze. He has to be there for me with split-second precision to grab me out of the air as I come to him in the long jump. The secret is that the flyer does nothing uh, and the catcher does everything. The secret is that the flyer does nothing and the catcher does everything. And he goes on to say this, the worst thing a flyer can do is try to catch the catcher. The flyer must simply trust with outstretched arms that the catcher will be there. What I would say to you this morning uh, is that Nicodemus was a lot like you and me. He wanted to be the catcher. Nicodemus was going um, through his life and he had uh, devised all these various means of catching himself um, through his religion and through his works and through his performance and through his uh, obedience uh, to the commandments. He had constructed all these ways uh, in an effort to catch himself. But of course, uh, we see in his coming to Jesus, there was something nudging him. There was some realization some confession of his inability um, to catch himself. And Jesus uh, refers to Numbers 21 as he begins to speak to Nicodemus to talk about what Jesus will do for you and for me. And if you remember Numbers 21, the people of Israel are in the wilderness and they are wandering. And not only are they wandering, are, are they impatient, but if you remember the account, they begin to grumble. Um, they are, are grumbling, but that, that grumbling is more than just sort of the typical um, human grumbling complaining that is endemic to us. Uh, basically, their, their grumbling is, is, is rejection of God, uh, and we hear that fiery serpents begin to bite the people. Um, and as that begins to happen, they go to Moses, and they said, please tell God we're sorry. 
Um, please tell God we didn't mean it. Uh, go, please, and make um, intercession for us is what they ask Moses to do. And there's, it's, a, it's a curious thing. Uh, the commandment is given to Moses to make uh, a bronze serpent and to place it um, upon a pole in the midst of the people. And if you remember um, the story from Numbers 21 and following, uh, what happens is when the people are, are bit um, by the serpents, if, if they look um, to the pole, if they look um, to the bronze serpent, they are healed. If they look to the serpent, um, they are restored. If they look to the serpent, um, they live. Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, Jesus says um, to Nicodemus, surely you're familiar with this story. And what Jesus said is, um, rather uh, than my coming to replace, I am the fulfillment of all of this. Uh, and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man um, be lifted up that he might draw the world to himself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For the Son of Man came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. What does it look like um, to be born um, of the Spirit? What does it look like um, to be led by God? What does it look like um, to experience uh, the freedom which is promised to us as, as Christians? It's to recognize that we're not the catcher and to stop all of our various means and efforts by which we're trying to construct efforts to catch and to save uh, and to free ourselves and to recognize that we are people who need to be caught. And not only to recognize that we are, are people who need to be caught, but to recognize the one who does just that. Jesus says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man um, be lifted up that he might draw the world to himself. My prayer for you, my prayer for me is the recognition despite all of our means in which to catch ourselves to recognize we're the place of our freedom and our salvation and it is in the fact that we are people who are caught as Jesus stretches out his arms upon the cross that you and I might be people who are received, who are caught and in being caught that we might be people who are free. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, you're well aware uh, of all uh, the means by which we attempt to catch ourselves. And you realize the many ways in, in which uh, we are stuck. And you graciously um, do not hang back, but you enter into the world in the gift of Jesus, your son. Uh, and you, in being lifted up, defeat the powers of sin and death, which would separate us from you and from one another. And you promise that you will not leave us as orphans, but that you would indeed send your spirit. So draw us um, into your embrace that we might know the life and the salvation and the freedom that is found in you. And all this we ask in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us for one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.